Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 491st edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you American perspective on our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. You get your daily reading from me and other writers over at Once a Metro and the rest of the SB Nation family of soccer websites. Come on in. The chat room is open. You can talk amongst yourselves if you like. If you have a question for me, <clears throat> I'll try to answer it to the best of my abilities. You know, before we even talk about the final, and we will with my guests coming on there tonight, um, something has to be said about how this whole season was played. A lot of duress, a lot of unknowns, a in, invisible pandemic that has swept across not just our nation, but around the world. Lots of questionable decisions were thrown around, but at the same time, the questions were actually answered. We got this season off the ground. We were able to play some matches. We were able to have playoffs. We were able to have an MLS Cup champion. The most difficult season that MLS has ever had in their history. More difficult than the contraction of two clubs to go from 12 to 10 and then rise above the ashes to get to nearly 30 teams. As we all know, Austin FC will be next in 2021. Charlotte FC is coming in 2022. You know, we have to give credit to not just what has done for Major League Soccer, but what... Jake Edwards, Commissioner of the United Soccer Leagues, has done himself as well. Some could probably say that, well, this is just a one-off. It'll never happen again. But the truth is, we don't know what's going to happen next year. We all have seen in the news that the first round of vaccines for this virus is now arrived, and everyone's starting to get... uh, Medicated. I understand the uh, the nurses and the doctors are going first. That's fine. Hopefully, we will see those people who are still sick in the hospitals. They'll be able to get it next. And then, of course, the essential workers will be next. And then, hopefully, everyone else will be inoculated and ready to go. I understand people don't trust vaccines. People don't trust this is this is that I would rather take a vaccine to remain alive and worry about what the other alternative has been. I think I've been lucky enough so far. And hopefully once uh, I get my turn at a vaccine that I won't have to worry about this stuff ever again. And the hope is we will not be bothered by this situation ever again. Because this, my friends, is probably the most hardest thing I think we've ever faced in human society. To see the stoppage for baseball, for hockey, basketball, 
MLS. There's been some challenges with the NFL, but they were able to get their season kicked off in time. We have already crowned champions in our professional leagues. USL League One, USL Championship has decided to do a co-champions with Phoenix Rising and Tampa Bay Rowdies. Attention, I've been going through my own problems. You know, with this virus going around, you know, there have been days myself. What do I do? How do I do things? What am I going to do? What type of a show am I going to put on? I'll be honest. I've had days where I didn't know what to do. I mean, look, I'm, I'm grateful that both Don Garber and Jake Edwards has said we're going to continue on with our seasons. We're going to do it in a different way this year. We're going to make sure that we do everything and die for this year. The amount of money that has been lost is astonishing. A billion dollars. A billion dollars lost in Major League Soccer. Don Garber's State of the League address, of course, not being seen, but talk to the media. It is just staggering the amount of money that was lost that MLS could not cash in. Some sides had two games. Some sides had three games. Halt. We had at least eight matches played in the round of 16 of the CONCACAF Champions League. Three of the four first legs in the quarterfinals of the CONCACAF Champions League have been played. And now they're going to go finish up starting tomorrow night with Tigris, Fox Sports 1, and or Fox Sports 2. To finish that up, to crown a champion of this confederation, a champion of club football to get finished up. What will 2021 be? What can it be? What will it be? What shall it be? The, the truth is, we don't know. MLS is trying to do a March start month. What day in March, we don't know. A calendar that has been frozen for World Cup qualifying for this region. The first round, not even getting off the ground. Olympic qualifying, never getting off the ground. A U.S. Open Cup tournament canceled for the very first time in its history as this pandemic has ravaged the American game. This is the situation we are in, ladies and gentlemen, and the hope is it's coming to an end. The hope is is that we don't have to worry virus once it came, once it is come and gone. That's all I want. That's all I hope for. So we can get back to some normalcy, to get back to normal, to having every single supporter Go to the grounds. Go to the stadiums. This game in this country. Going out and bringing the ruckus. Go out and show everyone why this sport matters. Showing us and everyone else why in the world. The United States is a football-loving nation. 
I understand some places are allowing a certain percentage. It's time to stop the percentage and bring in the crowds. When that day will come, we'll find out. It might not take too long. It might take a season or more. But let me just say this. You have remained strong and vigilant throughout this entire ordeal, swimmingly and brilliantly. You, the supporters of this game, are to be commended. Commended for how you have handled yourselves during this pandemic. I understand there are detractors. I understand not everybody wants to wear a mask. And listen, you, I am not here to judge you. I am not here to yell at you. I only hope you have not been infected with this pandemic. People have politicized it, and I understand your concerns about that. Shouldn't have happened. It has. We must come together. Put the politics out of anything and everything, and all we should care about is the football, is the soccer. Because that's what it's all about. That, my friends, is what it is all about. No more politics in our sport. No more politics during this pandemic. The more we go into political opposition, aggression, the more divided we become. Let's try and remember, everybody, we are all in the same boat. To both Commissioner Don Garber of Major League Soccer, President of the United Soccer Leagues, and Jake Edwards, they had the vision. They had to move forward. They wanted to get some form of a season to be played. They did so. And personally for me, it felt a little strange being at Red Bull Arena without any fans. Being at Red Bull Arena without hearing the Southward. Watching matches, barely having fans, or having no fans at all was creepy, eerie, and I pray to God we must, and I stress this very strongly, we must make sure that this situation does not return at all. Congratulations, everybody. You've done well. Take your vaccines. Go ahead and find a way to continue to support this great game we all love and cherish. Well, Saturday night at Columbus Crew Stadium, Mopfree Stadium, the Columbus Crew and the Seattle Sounders were in the 2020 MLS Cup Championship. Columbus won it. Seattle, sadly, talk about it. Joining me right now from the Athletic in Seattle, Mickey Turner covering the Seattle Sounders. Good evening, Mickey. I hope you're doing well. Um, that is probably the toughest result and the toughest performance that, uh, unfortunately, the Sounders had to go through because um, it, it just seemed like they weren't themselves except for Fry, who was trying to challenge every single shot that went at him. Uh, oddly enough, I think uh, the Sounders fans probably see it a little differently um, because they were never in the game because they never really challenged Columbus. Um, yes, it was tough to watch, but it was a different type of loss to, to sit through. Um, whereas in a game where maybe you lose it on a last second goal, um, you know, uh, let's, let's even go back just uh, a week ago to Minnesota uh, and think about how Minnesota United fans felt when they were sitting through that and watching the Sounders come back. Uh, this is kind of a different side of the same pain coin where you sit there and you're just like, well, this just isn't happening. And it, from the, basically the start 
of the kickoff until the end of the game, the Sounders just didn't show up. And so as you're sitting there watching it, you're just, uh, at some point, the resignation sits in and you realize that it's just not going to happen. And so, yeah, it was a game to watch, but in some ways it was a little less painful for Sounders fans than sitting there and watching a last-second winner go in uh, to break your heart. No, absolutely. I, I guess for most of us, we were waiting for the Sounders in the second half to turn things around. I mean, obviously, uh, Schmetzer time, uh, which is, of course, coinly phrased very nicely from Fox Sports announcers. Um, you know, you're sitting there, whether you're a Sounders fan or not, you're waiting for the comeback. You're waiting for, okay, when's that first goal going to hit the back of the net uh, for the Sounders? And you're waiting and you're waiting, and then uh, it just never comes. I mean, was that feeling from every Sounders fan? When is that first goal going to get punched in? Yeah, uh, again, they were just never in the game, so it's a little different, whereas if they were getting a bunch of shots on goal and they simply weren't going in, uh, you know, Sounders had a history, uh, not too much of a history, but they had a history of, you know, kind of frustrating performances where they dominated uh, possession, they dominated shots on goal, and yet the shots weren't going in. Yeah, they dominated possession in this game, but they really weren't goal dangerous at any point during the match. Um, you know, as you mentioned in the second half, when we thought when there's still a chance, they were down to nothing, but you still thought there was a chance they can come back. And they came out of the second half, and for the first 10 to 12, 15 minutes, were on the front foot, were dangerous, uh, but weren't really able to sustain that. And then they kind of ran out of gas after that point. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, at that point, uh, you're, you're, once you get into the 70th, 80th minute, and nothing's really working. Um, you know, it, the fate was kind of sealed at that point, and then obviously the third goal goes in, and that was that was pretty much it. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I've never seen Raul Ruiz Diaz that angry and that frustrated uh, all the years I've watched him play for the Sounders. I mean, that yeah, I had to break your heart to see him very, very um, frustrated that nothing was going right for him or the club that night. Yeah, absolutely, and he really never got the service that he needed and wasn't really able to create anything on his own. Um, he does rely on service to some degree, although he certainly has the ability um, to pull something spectacular out of the out of his repertoire. But in this particular game, again, the team was just disjointed essentially from the start. They never were able to solve what Columbus was doing, whether that was because they just were outcoached or out-efforted, um, it's, it's tough to say, but, you know, there were certain players who just didn't show up on the day, uh, whether that's because of um, injury in the case of Nicholas Ladera, who we found out was nursing uh, a calf injury, or ineffectiveness, as we talked about with Raul Ruiz Diaz, or just poor, a poor performance in the case of Jovan Jones. Um, all of those things conspired to have them have the worst performance of the year, as Stephen Price said after the game, at the worst possible time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, it's just been hard. I mean, I know how much pride Sounders have, uh, especially with Schmetzer uh, leading the charge uh, at the technical area. Were there questions? Because people were saying about, well, he put in someone else in the starting starting 11 that shouldn't have been in there. I mean, do you think Schmetzer made um, for uh, you know starting lineup errors before this match began? Mm. Yeah, so that was definitely a talking point. As in that lineup were announced, and then obviously after the uh, the game was over, uh, the Sounders started Alex Will down at right back, um, who had been starting for the incumbent Calvin Leardham, who obviously has big game experience, scored the first goal in 2019 MLS Cup, um, but was coming off some injury issues. So it's unclear whether he was really fit to go the full game. But starting Alex Rodan, who was a second- or third-year player, at a new position, no less, who, while he had played well um, in the playoffs up to this point, struggled against Minnesota, got an early yellow card, and was, you know, you just thought that, you know, Schmetz would go back to 
his veterans in the game, and he, and he didn't. Um, and Roldan, if not directly responsible for the first two goals, was, was, had his role to play in them. Uh, to be fair to him, uh, he was basically covering half the field by himself because Jovan Jones was just a passenger during the entire game, offensively and defensively. Roldan on the, on the uh, first goal made like about a – who had he gotten up the field and then had to make like a 70-yard sprint back, ended up getting beaten. But that's because Jovan Jones decided not to cover him. Um, and you could tell uh, Roldan, if he's making the sprint and pointing, um, just, you know, continues to make the run, can't get there, and then, you know, turns around and starts screaming at, at Jovan Jones. And, uh, yeah, that was just kind of the way it was in the game. And, you know, I think part of what Jones's lack of performance is why the Sounders today did not pick up his option. Um, he's a free agent, and I would not expect him back um, for 2021. Yeah. So I understand um, they decided to uh, give uh, Nick Lodero uh, a brand-new contract to remain, give him an extension. Is, was that one of the most important things they had to do for next year? Yeah, uh, so – uh, Ladero was already under contract for next year, but that would have been his going out year, which means he was free to sign a new deal um, anywhere or free contract, uh, you know, during the mm-hmm. summer. Um, and you don't want your, your arguably your best player, at least most influential player, coming into the season unhappy, wanting a new contract, and then you know, uh, not that Ladero would ever you know phone it in. He's he's got the highest work rate on the on the team, uh, but you just don't want that kind of uh, you know uh, strike going into 2021 or through the season. So it appears uh, based on everything I've heard, which is secondhand, but uh, you know, the reporting seems to be accurate. But yeah. He's going to be signing a new deal. Uh, it'll probably take him uh, another couple of years. Um, and that'll probably take him through his, basically his, his most uh, DP uh, influential years. Cause he is getting up there. He's 30 years old. Um, and so uh, it's, it's a very important signing for the Sounders to get. They've got their, their talisman for the next couple of years. Um, they got Rudy at signed for 2022. Uh, Morris and Ladero signed long-term deals. Uh, so their their basic core, attacking core, and midfield core, and, and you know they're trying to get Jao Paulo uh, back signed. So um, I would say it's more likely than not he comes back, but that's far from guaranteed. So they've got the core coming back, and they've uh, a couple of guys who will be saying goodbye. Uh, Joe Jones, obviously, as I've, I've been pretty critical, <laughs> obviously. Um, is unlikely to be back, and Gustav Sinsen and Kevin Linder also unlikely to be back. Uh, they are all getting up, well, with the exception of Jones, uh, Spenson and Lindrum are getting up there in age, and you probably, uh, based on what their uh, worth or their contract would be, are, the Sounders are going to look to uh, find some uh, some younger pieces, especially with a, a salary cap that's going to be flat in 2021. Uh, you can't afford to miss too many of your contract deals because it could cripple you. Yeah, very true. Um I want to ask you a different question about this season, obviously. I mean, the pandemic really uh, hit this nation hard. We've had no soccer for, I would say, what, three, four months until the uh, MLS's back tournament started this, uh, restarted this whole season. What will you learn from this entire pandemic situation that uh, we've been, we had to uh, go through just ho- hopefully – um, you know, this vaccine is ready to go. Hopefully it'll be in the uh, Seattle area for you and everyone else in the Pacific Northwest. In your mind, you know, what do you take from this whole 2020 season that you didn't expect to happen and now you'll learn from it? Uh, well, one thing is I wasn't expecting the season to actually uh, get through. So give MLS some credit for being able to get through this pandemic and get the season uh, over with, uh, and that's how I would phrase it. They got it over with. Um, they were certainly very worried about how much money they were going to lose this year. You know, whenever Don Garber talked, it was basically about trying to get as much money out of the sponsors' commitments and what have you as they could because they lost a billion dollars or upwards of a billion dollars in revenue. And so that's going to make things very difficult, I think, for the next couple of years. So it's going to be my my. It's not so much looking back; it's looking forward that I'm I'm interested in because there's going to be a lot of uncertainty with the schedule, with the uh, fans being in the stadium, and whether or not we have labor peace. You know, the the labor, the CBA has been signed twice last um, last year, 
And we could have another labor war if MLS decides to uh, initiate the force majeure and renegotiate the CBA contract yet again. So it's been a tough year. You uh, give kudos for MLS for getting through this with relative, relatively unscathed as far as completing the season. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely concerned about where things go from here. Um, and so that's kind of where my mind is at, not so much looking back, but looking forward because, uh, you know, the offseason is here now. And so we got to start looking forward to, to 2021 and hopefully have a season that is at least somewhat back to what we're used to with fans in the stands. Um, because that is something that MLS relies on and is going to rely on for at least uh, the next couple of years until this, uh, the new television deal is there. Yeah, I agree with you there, and that's going to be the biggest question mark right there. Of course, uh, labor piece, hopefully we can get that again after all the uh, the issues that have been popping up since this whole situation got underway. And uh, not that it's a good thing or anything like that, but uh, hopefully uh, cooler heads will prevail and maybe get some, some normalcy back in order. And hopefully uh, we can get that back in there as, as quickly as possible. Finally... Uh, for yourself, Mr. Turner, uh, shall you be taking any vacation time? Will you be relaxing, taking it easy, or is it just back to the bar? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'll be uh, working as usual, um, trying to find interesting stories to write about. Um, you know, there's still no shortage of lawsuits that are out there that to be covered, even with the pandemic kind of slowing down that process. Uh, so I will uh, take some time during this holiday season, enjoy the family uh, as much as I can, uh, you know, mostly virtually, but my parents are in the area, so at least they, uh, they're close by. Um, but short of that, uh, just, you know, we got, we'll have a couple of weeks, I think, once this week is over with all of the uh, roster maneuvering and, and such. Uh, so we've still got a couple of weeks or, you know, a week of, you know, MLS news to come out. And then, you know, they'll go dark basically for the last two weeks of the year. And then we'll be, we'll be in 2021, and we can all bid adieu to uh, this uh, this uh, this year. Oh, my goodness, I know. We're going to go two weeks dark, and then uh, we're going to have a very busy 2021. I'll tell you that much. It's not just what MLS has to do, bringing back the Open Cup, uh, and tons and tons of national team uh, matches, qualifiers, Gold Cup. Uh, CONCACAF Nations League, under-20 qualifying, Olympic qualifying. I mean, my goodness, we're going to have tons and tons of international soccer being played that I never expected to have in one single calendar year. Yeah, yeah, we got so much to look forward to. Uh, as I said, it may not be with fans in the stands for the time being, but at least we'll get to watch it. And, uh, you know, uh, if uh, nothing else uh, we've learned from 2020, uh, it's to uh, enjoy the little things and count your blessings where you can. Exactly. Mickey, be strong, be safe. I hope you're going to take your uh, vaccine uh, very soon. Take oh, care. Oh, yeah. Thank you again, and I'll talk to you next time. Happy New Year when you're done. All, all right. right. Yeah, happy holidays. Covering uh, the Seattle Sounders, unfortunately, they were on the uh, the negative side of the results at MLS Cup in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, hopefully um, we'll see what happens if they do make another run again. So far, two for four for them. But the one team that everybody, shall we say the darlings of the league, if you really think about it, for what they have been through, for the last couple of years, the situation they have been through, being moved out of Columbus, being moved out of Ohio, and then they three, were saved, three, zero, and two, then zero, three, they one. all the way, uh, they go all the way into the situation, and all of a sudden, go all the way to win their 2020 MLS Cup title, and that is the Columbus Crew. Going to try and bring on, of course, uh, Patrick Gouldan from the Massive Report and trying to get him on as quickly as I can.
as we're going to try and get Patrick Gouldan on for the Master Report course. He's probably still celebrating the championship from the crew as they move on, they move forward. Once again, their second MLS Cup championship under Caleb Porter. Of course, the thing about Caleb Porter is that not only is he uh, the next MLS Cup championship manager to win his second trophy, uh, winning the MLS Cup title, not just because but he is the first one to do it, to win it in the same stadium, two separate teams. He beat the crew back in 2015 with the Portland Timbers, and then he beats the Seattle Sounders as the head coach of the Columbus crew at Moffrey Stadium. Trying to wait for uh, Mr. Gouldan to come on. I know it's a little bit difficult, but um, trying to see if I can get him on as fast as possible uh, because we are having some issues here right now. So he's probably still celebrating somewhere. It's probably going to last the whole week. I don't think he'll be able to survive it <laughs> if he does. Let's three, see what happens three, this zero, time. two. Yep, we got to get rid of that. So we're having some issues right now. And as we move forward, you know, it was, you know, I don't know if you can say that Columbus Crew fans were worried that they've lost both Darlington Nagby and Pedro Santos due to the uh, being infected with the coronavirus. You know, you you had a feeling that, you know, will Columbus come out this strong without those two? And the truth is that they proved it right off the bat. No Darlington Nagme, no Pedro Santos. And I always thought that Pedro Santos was a tempo setter. But there are players that are willing to step up. Now, we all know that Lucas Zellerian was brought in to be one of those players to step up. And step up he did. And he converted twice and assisting once. This match, this championship match, really is, and he's worth his weight in gold. Zero, two, zero, three. It's a situation, once again, that when you brought him over to be a magic man in that starting 11 over in Columbus, you can do no wrong. And basically, all he said was, don't worry, Caleb. Just let everyone go on my back, and I will lead everyone to a championship. I will lead them to a cup final, and I will lead them to the championship. And so he did. So he did. And give him credit right now. Give him credit right now. Give give Zellerain credit for the for the amazing match that he is that he pulled. He was unbelievable to go in and get those goals. And when he scored the third one, you knew it was over. You knew the Sounders were not coming back. If you were not a Seattle Sounders fan, and you are trying your best. This was amazing. This, my friends, was an unbelievable match. that I, I didn't expect uh, him to take over. Joining me right now from the Massive Report, who's probably still celebrating this championship title of the Columbus crew, finally Patrick Gouldan from the Massive Report as he joins me tonight. Um, you know, 
I already said this, but I don't mind asking you this question. When you heard about Darlington Nagsy and Pedro Santos getting knocked out because they contracted the coronavirus, what did you first thought before the match played? Um, obviously, concern for them, uh, first, first and foremost. But uh, it was uh, really, how is this going to change the game? Because this is really shaping up to be one heck of a game between two very talented teams. And, uh, you know, it really changes how things work. No, it really did. And to see them dominating like that, did you expect Lucas Zellerian to basically just pick up the slack and just tell everybody on the club, just climb on my back, I'm going to lead you to the promised land? Did you think that's what happened out there? Well, that's what I had my concerns because he really needs a lot of support from – you know, the, he, he's not somebody that plays the entire field. You know, he plays and um, it's, uh, uh, you know, getting him the ball and really wondering how that was going to happen. You know, he obviously has the talent. Uh, it's just making sure that, you know, he was able to show it off. And I think that's where you you, you got to give a, a big hand to, to people like Artur, who's been doing it all year. And then Eden Morris, who comes in, as a rookie, you know, 19 years old, youngest player, uh, to start an MLS Cup game, and uh, he comes in and uh, he executes. He really did. And the one thing I have to say, and, you know, Derek Etienne Jr., uh, when he was in the Red Bulls Academy, won a USL championship. By the way, first American player to win – a MLS Cup and a USL championship, um, you know, in his career, that's something special for him. What were you expecting from him? Because I've always known Derek to be a talented player. I always had great banter with him. I always believed that he'll have a breakout season sometime. But, you know, to see him get that second goal, uh, I just said to myself, that's it, game over. That's how it felt before uh, we got to halftime of the match. What did you think about Derek's performance? Uh, it was outstanding. Uh, he had uh, kind of come into the lineup uh, as the home stretch approached and was really performing very well. Uh, he had kind of displaced Luis Diaz, who, who came on very strong in the postseason because of his ability to do things like uh, he, he was a, a very stalwart defender. He, he knew how to, to take up the right spaces and, and, and really play for the team. And he he had really kind of come into his own, um, you know, as the uh, uh, you know the, the 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 team came down the stretch, and uh, you know you never know how the coronavirus is going to affect someone, you know, in their athletic prime, and they may not be suffering many symptoms, but you know, are they going to have that same explosiveness? Is he still going to be sharp? And you know, he he showed why he could be a difference maker whether in the rotation or, or even pushing for a starting spot on this team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, I know Derek very well. Very nice kid. Has the talent. Got to put it together somehow, but he was able to do it with you guys and he won a championship. Is it my imagination or did Eloy Room have no issues at all in this match? I mean, I know maybe one or two solid saves, but he really wasn't troubled at all in this matchup. Did, you, did that look like that to you at all? Yeah. Well, so this is, you know, that's the concern about room. Uh, again, coming back off of a layoff, is he going to be sharp? And, uh, you know, he showed that, that he could do what the team needed him to do coming up big with a, with a big save with it still two nothing. But really, uh, you know, the, the team made it easy for him because, uh, you know, Caleb Porter has preached team defense the entire year about the, that fantastic record, and it's not just the back line. And you saw that on Saturday. So Room didn't have a lot to do because there was such uh, effort in front of him. You know you, you know, you had that high line of engagement. They were swarming all over uh, Seattle. You know, there was nothing that they could do in that first half, and it was uh, amazing to see just how aggressive – from from front to back, you know, the 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 crew was. And then 
you knew that that Seattle was going to press and push and 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 try to to get that uh, uh, cut that lead. And that that opening minutes after the first half, uh, after halftime, pardon me, it, you know he 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 settled the team down. Uh, he was part of that, uh, just making sure with with safe hands to kind of guide them through that that rough stretch. And then he came up with that big save uh, around the 70th minute. Uh, to to parry that uh, shot uh, wide and you know keep Seattle off the board and make sure that uh, the crew got MLS Cup number two. That's right, and uh, you know that's amazing to see what the crew has has done all season long. I know they had a little yip towards the back end of this of the season. What do you make about this whole season, the pandemic? Um, what concerns did you have after? two to three matches that, uh, uh, you know, this stoppage kind of killed off uh, the supposed season that you thought you might have until it, we got back with the MLS's back tournament. Uh, so it, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, there, there was a lot to look at, you know, crew specific about how this team would settle. You know, this was a team that missed the playoffs and it wasn't super close last year. They, they really struggled uh, for a long stretch and then came on late and it's like, okay, maybe they're building something, but will it come together? Because we've added Darlington Nagby and we added uh, Lucas Elleron and we're going to have to see how that, that comes together. And then everything's on pause and uh, you know, everything's very uncertain. And so how do you, you stay focused? How do you stay healthy? How do you, you know, you, you stay uh, uh, able to, to kind of keep your eye on, soccer as everybody's trying to adjust to to life during the pandemic and uh the crew were very methodical about it about uh trying to make sure that uh you know players were were staying healthy were staying uh, as fit as they could be uh the, the trying to to keep that community and, and building that because they had you know uh a, a, a lot to, to to try to to build on and you know from a cover standpoint looking at the season you know, you don't know what's going to happen because, you know, the the joke is MLS is always ripping up the rule book. They had to this year, and so you have a, a tournament like MLS is back, or you have a, a very compressed schedule where teams there. You know, I thought it was uh, not possible to play the 24 game schedule that they said they were. The crew made it within one game, and it was impressive the way the league was able to kind of keep things going even during the playoffs when. Uh, there was uh, a lot of things that can dis- derail this from uh, from a logistics standpoint, and certainly from a health standpoint. And I think that's the last thing. The, the toll has been significant uh, for a, for a lot of teams, and I'm glad that there haven't been any uh, broader health effects that we know about. That that uh, you know players who have contracted the the virus haven't uh, really suffered too too much on something that's that's truly a, a tragic and devastating illness for a lot of people. So, you know, that, my, my last thought is this, this has been a tremendous toll on a lot of people. And uh, in, in a way, I'm just glad it's over so that we can kind of reset. And hopefully, you know, as uh, now uh, in current state, the, the vaccines are coming and things will look better in, in 2021. It really will. And for that to happen, a uh, brand new stadium in downtown Columbus, uh, Stadium Row, Nationwide Arena for the Columbus Blue Jackets, Huntington Park uh, for the Columbus Clippers, the AAA team, I believe, uh, for the Cleveland Indians, soon to be the Cleveland baseball team. We'll, we'll worry about that whenever that comes. And then, of course, uh, just after the ballpark, the brand new Columbus soccer stadium that's going to be built. Did you feel that and I know they'll probably still be at Mopri Stadium before um, the new ground gets open. Do you think that's a fitting send-off for the old girl before you move into the new girl? So I, I think that that's, you know, you, you couldn't ask for a better ending for, for playoff history in Mopri because, you know, the, the, the crew have been here for uh, every MLS season uh, and MLS seasons to come, thankfully. And it, it's really impressive the way that they have been able to to kind of to, to get a good send off. And 
that's also the other thing. So uh, I, I heard today that they're they're taking the name down off the stadium, so it's no longer going to be Moffray Stadium, because as uh, you know, all these games are going on on the on the west side of the the, the stadium. They're building out a thirty forty million dollar uh, training center with multiple playing fields. They started laying down the practice fields that opens in June, and so the legacy of Moffray will live on. And, you know, where, where, where the future of the crew uh, comes from and the academy training there and the first team training there. And, uh, you know, the goal is even that it will be a city park at some point as well. Um, and then, you know, the new stadium, uh, I, I haven't uh, really gotten a chance to look inside. I know they've given a few tours, but it, it's going to be tremendous. It's going to be night and day from what Moffray is because uh, if you've oh, ever course. been there, it's, it's – uh, it's bare bones. It's uh, concrete and steel beams, and uh, it, it, it doesn't have a lot of uh, those amenities that you would expect at, say, if you've gone to a game at Red Bull that is, is just fantastic, or any of the newer stadiums, you're going to get that with one of the, the most uh, striking stadiums that, that you, you can think of with the, the angled black roof that looks like the Death Star. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, you know, uh, a Star Wars battleship or that's something fine. like that. It, it just, it... No, 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 that's fine, man. Listen, listen, I'm a Star Wars fan, too. You go ahead and call it the Death Star. It's okay. I understand what you're talking about. You're all right with me. But Don't yeah, worry it's... about that, Patrick. <laughs> no, it's it's got those angled lines, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's really striking that, uh, you know, the, you know the, the arena district where, it's, where it is right there on Nationwide Avenue, um, you know, you have these these brick buildings, and it looks very retro and uh, very traditional. And then you have this this uh, uh, futuristic, uh, just just enveloped angular uh, stadium with uh, with the you know the inside still being built, but the stands. I'm starting to see them go up. I'll, I'll drive by it every once in a while, and uh, you know, it, it it's going to be. You know, as different as you can have it from the Moffray experience, where where everything's a little bit uh, uh, kind of subdued because things are set back a little bit. The, you know, there's not going to be a bad seat in that house. It's going to be loud. It's uh, going to be exciting because you know there's a tel- championship to celebrate. There's a championship caliber team that's going to be playing there, and uh, you know I think it's moving the needle on the Columbus Crew in the city of Columbus website i'm looking at the 3d uh view uh the seat viewer and the way it's going to be i mean this is just spectacular how it looks i'm very excited for columbus and maybe who knows maybe uh these brand new digs you could bring back usa mexico for world cup qualifying here when it's nice and cold so but then again we have to wait and see when it gets played and how it'll be played but once again i just this really looks amazing, Patrick, and I really hope and I wish you and everyone else in Columbus enjoys this because this is absolutely uh, a brilliant design for this club and for this city. And I cannot wait to see what's going to happen in downtown Columbus when this whole thing gets underway, man. It's, it looks fantastic. It's, uh, it's, it's something that... Um... You know, as as I was looking at the stadium, and as rumblings have been about, uh, you know, the end of the lease, which is which is coming up for Moffray next year, actually. Um, uh, originally, the, you know, even ten years ago, you know, what does the future stadium in situation look like in Columbus? Because Moffray's not that old, and yeah, it didn't cost a lot, but are people going to spend money for it? I never thought the Hunts would. I didn't think Precourt would. Um, the Haslam's have come in. And said, "This is this is a premier team in MLS. We're going to treat it as such." And uh, you know, I, I am just uh, shocked at at everything that has happened within the last two years, culminating to one fantastic night on on Saturday there with, uh, gosh, I, I I can't imagine a, a more dominant performance from a team. I agree. They played a very dominant game, and they are deserving of the MLS Cup Championship. So, Patrick, I hope you have a good night. Enjoy the off season, and I'll talk to you starting next year, and hopefully 
we'll talk about the brand new stadium. So have a good night. Congratulations once again, and hope to talk to you in the new year. Happy holidays to you and your family, and have a happy new year as well. All right. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Patrick Gouldan, massive report, managing editor. So as we wrap it up once again in this season, 2021 will be something weird, something unexpected, and it's going to be um, a huge time when we get to see not only the brand new Austin FC Stadium going to be ready to go, but of course when we see the brand new Crew Stadium getting underway as well. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I cannot wait, and we're going to enjoy ourselves here. So let me just say this. Don't forget this week, tons of shows. Tomorrow night, in uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, starts the quarterfinal matches of the CONCACAF Champions League for Tuesday and Wednesday. And then early Wednesday morning and early Thursday morning, CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinals post-game shows. We're going to go with a post-game show right off the bat, uh, hopefully with Michael Ander of Blue City Radio, John Jagu of the SoccerChronicles.com and Cantina X Podcast, as well as a hopefully recorded interview with um, Kevin Laramie from uh, Soccer Today of the Sports Podcasting Network. And then the next night, uh, hopefully once again, um, we've got uh, – Araceli Villanueva of Switch the Pitch, John Jagu again, and of course, you, Jason Longshore, 92.9 FM, the game, and whoever advances into the semifinals, hopefully we'll get them on uh, for another post game on Saturday night. So it's going to be exciting. All matches should be back on Fox Sports 1 and or Fox Sports 2. want to thank my guests tonight. Oh, and I forgot again. I'm sorry. Uh, and on Friday, this coming Friday night, the final NPSL soccer show of 2020. And we'll have uh, guests on there as well, uh, expansion sides, uh, an old side coming back with new ownership and another regular side coming in. Uh, so I want to thank my guests tonight, Mickey Turner of The Athletic in Seattle and Patrick Gouldan from The Massive Report in Columbus, Ohio. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. And next Monday will be the final Feuerstein's Fire Show of the season. Have a good night. Take care. So long. Bye-bye for now. And always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care, everybody.